Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Hello, listeners. I won't wish anybody a good morning, although I hope you're as well as you can be. We've woken up to news that Israel has... uh, has bombed a hospital, bombed uh, Shifa, bombed an ambulance. Uh, this time they didn't deny it. Uh, unlike last time, unlike every other time, they commit an egregious and horrible war crime. This time, you know, they got caught with their pants down, if you will. I was on Channel 9 um, Sunrise Breakfast show earlier on today, and the host there said to me, I said, you know, they've just bombed an ambulance. She said, to be fair... The other side says Hamas uh, operatives were inside the ambulance. I said to her, it's an ambulance near a hospital. I'd ask you to ask the defenders of this orgy of blood, this genocide, this man-made catastrophe. I'd ask you to ask those defenders, would they drop that same level of munition, that same power, if the people surrounding that Hamas operative were Jewish? And the answer absolutely we know is no. There's no way they would do that. And they can only do that because Palestinians have been dehumanized and degraded to below human being. And that's true whether it's the Prime Minister of the State of Israel or the Defense Minister calling us human animals or the Prime Minister invoking Old Testament narrative for the complete and utter genocide of a people. It's disgusting, it's outrageous. Our country continues to call for a pause. A pause, that was put to me today. And I said, do you know what a pause means to a Palestinian? A pause means that you might give us a thimble of water, a mouthful of food, two or three band-aids, and then start killing us again. It's outrageous that 10,000 Palestinians are now dead, 4,000 children Thousands missing, assumed buried under rubble, hundreds of thousands displaced, close to 600,000, as I understand it, quote-unquote, trapped in the north of Gaza, now disconnected to the south where the aid is coming. There's been almost, well, I understand, three or 400, but less than 500 trucks have come into Gaza since the 7th of October, now 27 days ago. There used to be four or 500 trucks coming in a day. So that means that we, we should have had 13,500 trucks of food, medicine, water trucked into the prison 
that was Gaza when everything was quote-unquote normal? That instead of 13,500, only 500 have come in? And we know the situation is far, far, far from normal. Meanwhile, these war criminals are given airspace on mainstream media to keep saying Hamas, 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 when international law, international law is very clear. Number one, that an occupying power has the sole responsibility for the safety of everyone that it occupies. An occupying power has sole responsibility for everyone it occupies. Benjamin Netanyahu is solely responsible, as the prime minister of his country, to the safety of every single Palestinian life in that open-air prison. Bombing from the air, land and sea to take out a Hamas operative is not protecting those people. That's a war crime. Secondly, international law is very, very clear. And occupied people have the right to self-defense. It's not to excuse uh, the killing of civilians on either side. What should happen, what would happen in a sensible situation, if international law applied, if we didn't have the hypocrisy of the West lecturing us on morality and democracy and human rights and uh, rules-based order, is that Hamas would be taken to the Hague and they've already said that they're happy to go and be tried in an international court, as long as Israel is too. And for those sycophantic apologists for that horribly, horribly racist state who demand the condemnation of Hamas, how about demanding the condemnation of 16, now 17 years of open-air blockade? How about condemning the massacres for the past 75 years? Not the 27 days since October 7, but the 27,000 days since Deir Yassin in April of 1948, where Jewish terrorist forces, led by a future prime minister of that country, Menachem Begin, raped... I read a report from Deir Yassin. The Jewish terrorist forces would cut open the wombs of pregnant Palestinians and have a bet as to the sex of that child. When we talk about brutality, when we talk about dehumanization and an orgy of death and disgust, it starts there with those Jewish terrorist forces before the establishment of the so-called State of Israel. There's a first for everything in Gaza. We continue, Palestinians continue to light up the world to show what steadfastness is, to show what resilience is, to show what is the unconquerable nature of an indigenous people and their connection to their land. But there's firsts, and I don't know why Palestinians got chosen to deliver all of these firsts. The first is the world stood by and said, yep, it's okay to cut off food, gas, electricity, water, medicine to two million people. It's okay to fly an F-16 at one or two times the speed of sound over a captive civilian population in a refugee camp and drop now 29,000 tonnes of bomb on that bit of dirt that would fit into Melbourne 30 times, equating to two Hiroshima blasts. It's okay to drop those bombs on a crowded refugee camp, killing hundreds, perhaps a thousand, to get one guy. Quote-unquote, allegedly. It's okay to wreak that sort of havoc 
because Israel's redefined international law to suit itself. A bit later on, you're going to hear from one of, well, not one of, I think the world's foremost Palestinian academics and activists. She's a Palestinian-American professor, Noura Adekat. She was here in Australia a couple of, a few years ago. She is amazing. It's an incredibly uplifting speech. Make sure you stick around to, to hear it. You'll hear about that. Another thing we need to continually address, I, I wanted to skip over it, no, I think I should say it, the thing that we have, uh, um, Palestinians are helping create new acronyms and new language. We spoke about, I just spoke about the language around international law, bombing two million people, starving them, denying them food, water, electricity. There's a new acronym in, in Palestine, it's WCNSF, WCNSF. And uh, doctors uh, write this in texter on kids' hands. And it stands for Wounded Child, No Surviving Family. Wounded Child, No Surviving Family. That's what we're dealing with. It's really, really terrible. We're going to play some announcements now, and then Nura Adekat, and then we'll back with a little bit more. Stand in solidarity with Palestine this Sunday. With the most devastating attack ever launched on the people of Gaza, it's time for all of us to stand in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Israel has waged war on the Palestinians for the last 75 years. The Nakba, ethnic cleansing, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem and Gaza. Israel has now imposed a total blockade on Gaza and declared war stopping food, electricity and fuel and launching an all-out attack. We have to mobilise to show our support for Palestine. 12pm State Library, this Sunday. Rally to demand freedom and justice for Palestine. No war on Gaza. Free Palestine Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Community Radio 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Thanks everyone for staying with us. Next up, Palestinian American professor, superwoman, and the best Palestinian on earth today, Nora Erekat. Make sure I cannot tell you the joy I have right now, joy that I have not felt in many, many weeks, but the joy that I feel right now in your company, the joy in being able to gather with a testament to our ancestors, with a testament, a commitment to the generations after us, that we are fighting, that we fought for our humanity, that we were here that we said no, that we gathered, that we had no fear. I am so happy to be with you here, with the folks in the Riverside Church, with the folks that are, are streaming with us. When I thought about this evening, I did not know if I should speak to you as a teacher and tell you about Gaza, Gaza. Should I tell you that Gaza was once a city district of historic Palestine that sits on the eastern coast of the Mediterranean Sea. That its harbor 
and fertile land has made it a focal point of trade and empire for centuries, including the Romans, the Mongols, and Napoleon's France. That prior to 1948, the Gaza district contained almost 90 towns and villages. It was 38 times larger than the current 140 square mile strip, making it the largest district in mandatory Palestine until, until Zionist militias destroyed a majority of these towns. Should I tell you that upon Israel's establishment, a severely truncated Gaza absorbed nearly 25% of Palestinian refugees exiled from their former homes, increasing its population from 80,000 to 280,000, that that number has grown to 2.2 million today who are predominantly refugees and children dependent on food aid for survival. Do I explain to you that Israel began to circumscribe this Palestinian territory in 1993 as it was entering into the Oslo Peace Accords, that it began a process of de-development, isolation, containment of Gaza with the intent to make it a Palestinian statelet and to instead focus on annexing the West Bank whose land it coveted and whose natives it also sought to remove. In this context, I can tell you that Israel imposed a land siege and a naval blockade, hermetically sealing this coastal enclave, placing it on a subsistence diet just above starvation, relegating it to conditions of bare life, and then systematically pummeling it with advanced weapons technologies in a bid to take the land without the people to achieve in Gaza by warfare what it seeks to do in the West Bank through martial law, in East Jerusalem through administrative law, and throughout historic Palestine through civil law? Or should I speak to you as an attorney and tell you that when Israel withdrew its settlers and military infrastructure in 2005 that it maintained its effective control over the population registry, the skies, the underground water sources, the electromagnetic spheres, all points of ingress and egress, and thus remains an occupying power with the duty to protect its civilians, that Israel has no right to self-defense against territory that it occupies. It has no right to self-defense against territory that it occupies no more than Portugal had the right to self-defense to protect its hold on Mozambique and Angola. Should I explain that people fighting a, 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 against colonial domination, alien occupation, and racist regimes, Palestinians have a right to use armed force so long as it's regulated by the laws of war?
Would it be helpful to tell you that any force must be bound by principles of distinction and proportionality and that Israel has promised to disavow both? Its top military and political brass have made clear that their purpose is destruction, not accuracy. There are no Palestinian civilians that hospitals and schools and sources of electricity and fuel are not afforded the presumption of civilian infrastructure. Do I remind you that they have expressed a specific intent to destroy in whole or in part a people based on their racial, ethnic, national, or religious grounds? Should I remind you that they need not kill a single person in order to be prosecuted for the crime of intent and incitement according to the Genocide Convention. Should I recite the numbers anyway that in 26 days, Israel has killed more Palestinians that were murdered in the Bosnian Genocide? Do I tell you that for the past two decades, Israel has not gotten away with murder, but has changed international law to make its grotesque violence permissible. That it says Gaza is not occupied, nor is it its sovereign, it is a hostile entity. That it claimed that this is not a civil war, nor is it an international armed conflict, but it's this new category, an armed conflict short of war. That Palestinians participating in hostilities are not merely legitimate targets when they pick up arms, but even when they lay asleep next to their partners in homes filled with their families. That the lives of their soldiers are more, worth more than the lives of enemy civilians. And proportionality is forward-looking, so that untold destruction is reasonable and recommended in the language of law. Do I remind the world, do I remind you all that what happens to Palestinians now sets a new precedent that means that everywhere, anywhere in the globe is not safe? No, 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 no. I should speak to you plainly as a mother. I should tell you that my heart breaks over and over, every single day, that I cannot take another image of a baby covered in dust from the rubble that was her home, gasping for air. That I cannot handle another young girl running after her mother, her mother's corpse, asking her to get up. That it pains me to watch young, a young boy begging the man about to bury his baby brother for a strand of hair from his baby brother's head. That I have to admit that I am in sheer awe of Wa'il Dahduh who buried his wife and his son and his daughter, who both wanted to be journalists like him, and got up the next day in front of a camera 
to continue to report the genocide of his people. Shall I ascribe, describe my acute stress imagining 130 newborns in NICU at risk of death because of lack of fuel and electricity, only to look up and hear anchors ask me if the price is worth paying because some civilian life is sacred? Or that when I ask my cousin in Ramallah this morning how her children are faring, she says they have learned a painful lesson these past weeks that world powers agree that their lives are not worthy. Do I speak to you as a Palestinian and tell you that we are a remarkable people fighting for the noble cause of freedom? That we understand clearly that this is a genocidal campaign intended to complete the Nakba? to fulfill the Zionist fantasy of a land without a people, despite a valiant people that refuse to disappear, who vow to stay in their homes rather than become refugees again, who tell us, لن نرحل من هنا, لن نرحل من هنا, لن نرحل. whose pride and love and rootedness and tradition and song and prayer and belonging will forever, forever haunt settlers who build nuclear weapons, marshal global superpowers, and still tremble before the truth of our existence. We existed before Zionist colonial invasion. We exist now even among the rubble of humanity's remains. We will exist when Zionism is dismantled bit by every racist colonial bit. Let me speak to you, let me speak to you as a comrade and tell you that we must fight on, that we must rest and breathe and not tire, that our efforts are causing global vibrations and generational change, filling streets from London to Cairo, Amman to Beirut, Istanbul to Sana'a, shutting down Congress, shutting down Grand Central Station, shutting down Highway 101 in San Francisco, having a State Department official resign, a UN human rights officer resign, having Chile, Colombia, and Jordan rescind their ambassadors, watching Bolivia cut its diplomatic ties, listening and witnessing 2,000 plus black allies signing onto a letter in Palestine when three million Belgian unionized workers refused to transport Israeli weapons. We have disrupted Senate appropriations hearings asking for more money. We have watched hundreds of artists call for a ceasefire and poll 66% 
of Americans that oppose this genocide and call for a ceasefire now. That number keeps growing, that number keeps growing, and as your comrade, I want to ask you and remind you that as we fight on to be vigilant because repression is growing, to remind you that in our vigilance, we can protect ourselves. We need not cower. Palestine Legal, the only legal institution in the United States dedicated to protecting activists and allies in order to keep fighting, has documented 400 incidents of harassment, abuse, doxing in the past three weeks alone. On average, annually, they document 200 to 300 incidents. But in the past three weeks, 400 incidents alone. Law students who had their offers rescinded, medical residents who have been fired, editors-in-chiefs of art magazines who have been fired, uh, fashion magazine, ed or excuse me, uh, entertainment agency executives who have been set aside for opposing genocide. And while this racist, warmongering media and political establishment has led to the stabbing of a six-year-old Walid, uh, Walid Fayumi 26 times in his home in Illinois, Allah yirhamak, and the murder of a Muslim woman in Texas, Allah irhamik. The Biden administration is mobilizing law enforcement to surveil social media of university students struggling for Palestinian liberation. The White House press secretary, in absolute disregard for intellectual honesty and journalistic integrity, in absolute offensiveness to us, anybody with common sense, has compared our calls for ceasefire and an end to genocide to tiki torch marches in Charlottesville. These are incredible, incredibly scary times, but incredibly inspiring times of what we are capable of together. We can only win if we stand up and fight back. Do not be silenced, but speak with vigilance. And here, if I can humbly ask for your support to donate to Palestine Legal. For those who have not had the heart, the will, the opportunity, the ability to speak up, donate to Palestine Legal. Help Palestine Legal, which only has six staff attorneys taking on this entire edifice. Help them protect the front line so that the rest of us can fight. We need a defensive front, and we have the institutions we need to support them. We also know that a generous foundation has agreed to ma match that donation that you make this evening. So I end by telling you what we already know, that we will continue until there is a free Palestine, until our, all our kin are freed from cages until these lands are free, these stolen lands are free, until all our siblings can live in safety and dignity, until freedom, until freedom for all. May we be triumphant. The amazing, the amazing Professor Noura Arakat 
incredible uplifting. Make sure you Google her, follow her. Just very quickly, we've only got a minute to go. November 8, Mary Becker is debating a motion in solidarity with Palestine. Note, it's become designated a protected area. The police have gone over the top, outrageous. November 8, if you're in the Mary Becker area, thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.